Grab your Bibles with me, if you will. Open them to Exodus chapter 23. Exodus chapter 23, we will begin reading in verse 20, but we're not going to read just yet. Exodus 23 and 20. Um, before we read that, let me, let me tell you a little bit about kind of where we are. For those that weren't with us last week, we began a brand new series entitled One Word. And if I were to put our entire sermon in a sentence from last week, it would be this, that one word from God has the power to heal, to create, to give life, and to reveal. It can heal areas of your life that are in need of healing. It can create new things in your life. God is still creating new things, and he wants to create new avenues, new doors, new opportunities in your life. Number three, he can give life to dead places, things that have seemed like they're coming to an end. God wants to give life and breathe life into those, just one word. And then finally, he can reveal. He can reveal areas that we need to grow in our own lives. He can re reveal obstacles that are standing in our way, or he can reveal hidden things, hidden abilities, hidden talents, hidden gifts, hidden anointings, hidden all kinds of wonderful things that were in you that you never knew were there. God, that's what he does when he shines his light on us. It reveals and his light comes through the word of God. Just one word. So we talked about how we go from rather than a, a bunch of New Year's resolutions, we simplify it all down to one word from God. And that one word can affect every dimension of our life. There were six dimensions we talked about. The spiritual dimension, the physical dimension, so your spiritual life, your physical body, your mental, the mental division, di dimension, which is your mind, your thoughts. Then there is the emotional dimension, right? We don't want to let our emo emotions lead us. We want to be led by the Spirit of God and let God's power control our emotions. Uh, so then there is the uh, what did I, relational dimension, all the relationships in your life, God wants to impact this year. And then the sixth is the financial dimension. And if one word from God could create and, and give life and healing to your finances. Uh, anybody out there need some healing in your finances this year? Amen. Amen. That's, that's what one word from God can do. So if we could narrow this thing down from just a bunch of good habits and good resolutions and put them to one word, here's the difference resolutions work from the outside to try to change our heart. But one word from God speaks into our heart and works from the inside out. And the most important part of life change is heart change. One word from God. Um, if you didn't, if you weren't here last week, I want to encourage you to either get on our app. Uh, you can find it in the app store, search, search Triumph Church TX, and, and you can find it there. But I want to encourage you that I'll give you the one word process on there. Some of you already went out and ordered the book that I talked about last week that gives you more details about it. But I want to encourage you, find your word for this year. God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. Um, my word is vision for this year. Vision. And, and already, just in the first few weeks of the year, I'm seeing how this word is being applied to every area of my life. Uh, from, from my physical body to the relationships in my life, God is speaking to me about creating a vision for what they need to look like and building it from there. Not just going through life and 
hoping it turns out right, but creating a vision and building it towards that. That's my word. Your word doesn't have to be vision. Um, our staff, staff did a great job working on, on their words this, this last uh, few weeks, and I asked some of them if they would be willing to, for me to share their words. And they were. And I just wanted to tell you a couple of their stories because sometimes it's very easy to look at the pastor and say, well, pastor, you know, you're the pastor of the church. You know, you're supposed to hear from God, but I'm not. I don't hear from God. Yes, you can. Every person on our team, from our janitors to our interns to our, uh, to our financial team to our secretaries to our pastors, every person heard from God, and you can too. One of our men said, Pastor Ryan and I, I left the meeting. I didn't know what my word was going to be. I had no idea. But I sat down over the holidays. I got still and quiet like you told me to. And I started writing down. And I felt like I needed to write down my priorities. And so I started writing down my priorities. And when I looked at them, I realized, and God just really touched me. And all of a sudden, I realized that my priorities were all out of line. And God wasn't my number one priority. And so my word for the year, I immediately knew it, is not priorities, but it's priority, meaning put God first in everything that I do. One of our young ladies been making some big decisions in her life. She's got some life-changing decisions that she's facing and, and looking at right in front of her. And uh, uh, she lives a comfortable life. She lives a good life, but God's really calling her to step out and do some big things. And over the holidays, God spoke to her. Her word for this year, fearless fearless. That's not always the easiest thing when you're a single mom taking care of a child and to, to be fearless and do the difficult thing, do the risky thing, but that's her year. Uh, I think about one of our interns, a uh, great young man, and uh, he, he, he's talented, he's gifted, he's smart, but he said, he said, Pastor Renan, I really feel like I spend a lot of time sitting around and thinking and not enough time doing. So my word is real simple this year, it's do. Do something. Get busy doing something. Um, another one of our guys, one of our, one of our youth guys, he said, Pastor Ren and I, I work hard. I do, I do good, but I don't always go for the best. All right, so my word for this year is best. God wants the best from me. Our students deserve the best from me. Uh, my God deserves the best from me. My family deserves the best from me. So I'm going to give it my best. One after the other, God continuing to speak and continuing to speak. Another one of our young ladies, um, like me, she's an analyst and, and she's a realist. That's uh, one of the reasons I like her. Um, but for people like the, us, we can get in our own way. And next thing you know, we come across this negative. She said, Pastor Randy, my word for this year, optimism. Optimism, I'm going to see the good rather than jumping to the, to the problems. Uh, I'm going to see the good. Optimism, what is your word from this year? What is your word for this year? I got an email. We, we got an email at our Sugarland campus as we were sharing this word. And the lady was watching online. just shows you that even when you're online, God can speak to your heart. And she had been missing church, and she had been out, and uh, for the last many months, she's kind of gone from bed rest to off bed rest, but even when she wasn't on bed rest, she was skipping church, and she was just kind of stuck in the problems she was dealing with in her own life. She was struggling with her leg and struggling to walk physically, and, and was causing her to, to not really move forward in her life. She said, I know, and she, and she emailed our, our bishop in, in Sugar Land. She said, Bishop, I know you told me to go home and pray about it, but as soon as you started talking, 
God spoke to me, and I immediately knew what the word was. She said, my word for this year is walk. She said, the, my, my, the problems in my leg have caused a problem in, my, in every dimension of my life. And because I can't walk physically, I'm not walking in any area. I'm not, I'm not walking in my, in, in closer to God. I'm not walking and in, in getting involved in church. I'm not walking and in, in 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 moving my marriage forward or my life forward in any dimension of my life. So my year, word this year is walk. I'm going to walk in the things of God. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to walk in obedience. I'm going to walk and step out and get involved. I'm going to walk and be a better wife and a better mother. She said, that's my word for this year, is walk. It's very simple. It's not just for me as your pastor. It's for every person. God wants to speak to you. And one word has the power to heal, to create, to give life, and to reveal. I want to encourage you, keep, if you don't have your word yet, keep praying for your word. And some of you say, well, Pastor Renan, I've already got my word. Listen, I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to hear about it. Shoot me an email, amen at triumphchurch.com, and I want to read and hear what God is speaking to you in your life. I've told you what my word is. If you don't want to uh, tell me, that's okay, but I'd love to hear what some of the things God is doing in your life. And let me encourage you to continue to look out, look for ways to get to keep this word in front of you. Uh, our team is th- doing things like uh, posting it in their offices, posting and uh, hanging it on their mirror in their bathroom, putting it on the dashboard of their car, uh, making it as the background on their phone. Some of them created full vision boards that they keep at their house uh, to, for, for the year. Uh, others set an alarm to remind them every day to go off at the same time every day to remind them of their word. Um, whatever it is, find ways to keep that word in front of you. You might also look for a scripture as I did. Of course, my word is vision. So many of you that are familiar with scripture would say, well, that's easy for you, Pastor Rannon. Your scripture is Habakkuk 2, 2, where the Lord says, write the vision and make it plain that he may run who reads it. Yes, that is correct. That's one of them. But God didn't give, let me off that easily. He also gave me a second verse that really unlocked some things in my life. And that verse is Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. Uh, if my team has that verse for me, throw it up there. Um, God says this, but forget all that. Forget what's behind, forget what happened, forget, what, forget what's in the rearview mirror. It's nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. And then he, this little word right here just got me when I was reading this verse. See. What is vision? Vision is seeing. God said, see, Randon, I have already begun it. Well, wait a minute. I couldn't see it before. But the challenge here is, can you see what God is doing before everyone else does? Because he's already working. Do you not see it? Because many people don't. This was a challenge to me as a pastor and as a father and as a husband and as a a boss and as a leader. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. What's the point? There were wildernesses where no one went through. They, they just didn't pass that way. There were no roads. And God said, I'm going to make a path. I'm going to make a way where there was no way before. And you're going to be able to see it. He said, I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. C- can you see into things that are dry where there's no way to get through? And, and can you see the river that God's sending? And can you see the pathway? God was speaking to this in my life. Can you see things that are not there in the natural, but God is going to allow you to see them even before they happen. God wants to give you, and he'll give you a scripture from his word to be the, the, the core piece of your life in, in your year. Memorize it. Get it in your heart. Additionally, we've been, um, are y'all doing okay this morning? All right. Uh, th- th- we've been praying every day. We were in our 21 days of prayer and fasting. 
So on Monday through Friday, we are, uh, we are getting together in our group, our Facebook group, Pray 21, and we are having a live prayer time from uh, 21 minutes at 1221. And I want to thank everyone who has joined in on that. I think the last time I looked, we had like three or 400 people a part of our group. And people are praying, sending in their prayer requests, joining with us, seeking the face of God. And I will tell you, I'm having so much fun praying with all of you. You say, well, Pastor Ryan, and I forgot. It's okay. you got two more weeks. Jump in. Uh, you can actually look up, uh, what do they search? Pray 21 in Facebook, and you'll find us. Uh, join the group. Ask to join one of our team. Any one of our team will let you in. Um, and and jump, jump on with us. Uh, and if you say, well, Pastor Ryan, I missed it at 1221, we're leaving them up so you can go back and watch later and, and pray with us. I believe that your prayer still works even if it's later in the day. And so don't forget, join in with us Monday through Friday. How many of you have been on with us this week praying? Yeah, lots of hands. Man, such a good time. Thank you for being on with us. Are you enjoying it? Y'all enjoying praying with us? Good. Good. I encourage you to get a part of that and jump in. One of the things that when I'm hosting it, I always try to do, I've been giving little tips on how to pray, things that I do to help me pray that might help you. So I hope you're enjoying that as well. Um, one of the things that I, I made a mistake, I know I don't make many, but I made one. I know you're totally surprised, uh, but I, I messed up and I told you that we were going to be texting out your memory verses every day. And I failed to fully communicate with my team, and, uh, and, our, and the team that was heading that up had made a, a decision to, that that wasn't the best way to do it, and I didn't listen, and I came up here and announced to all of you that we were texting it out by verse, and I am so sorry for that. So we were getting, we were getting uh, angry, the hatred and the vitriol that came out because you didn't have your memory verse. No, I'm just kidding. But many of you were questioning, did I miss something? Am I not on the list? It wasn't your fault. It was my fault. I apologize for that. Um, but what we're doing is you should, be able, you should be getting them by email. You can check our Facebook every day, and you have your scripture verses on there. We're reading one, ver one chapter a day and uh, just getting the word of God, and it's good things are happening. And then finally, we're praying, uh, fasting, fasting. How many of you are fasting with us this week? So we're fasting one uh, item, one cherished item. Could be a food, could be a drink, could be coffee. Yeah, it could be uh, Facebook, could be social media, could be TV, whatever it is for you. And all of our, my, my whole family's involved. My daughter was in a panic the other day. I don't know, she's, she went to Nederland, I guess. So I want to tell this story. She was in a straight panic. Um, she said, Dad, I've got 15 minutes before bedtime, and I don't know what to do. So what do you mean you don't know what to do? So, Dad, I'm fasting Netflix, and I have no idea what to do for the next 15 minutes of my life. <laughs> I mean, it was like straight 13-year-old panic-stricken. I have no clue. I said, how about you pray? I already did that today. Well, how about 15 extra minutes? The Lord will appreciate it. <laughs> um, and then we're fasting, for those that want a little bit more, we're fasting one day a week. You choose the day, one 24-hour period. It might be from dinner to dinner or breakfast to breakfast, whatever fits you. I made a fatal mistake. I know, two. I Two in one week. I'm, it's going downhill quick. I, uh, I have, I've been fasting my whole life, and I know better than this, but I, I fasted, you know, my 24 hours, went a little longer than that, and I broke my fast by eating Mexican food, and I really like Mexican food, so I, I couldn't stop eating Mexican food, and I was long beyond the place of being full before I realized that I should stop, and I was just like walking around like I can't move. My kids are like, what's wrong with you? mistake. So don't do that. Ease back into it. Just ease back into it. 
Um, I want to dive in today, and I, and I want to read this verse for you, Exodus chapter 30, 23, because the, the, the goal today is I'm going to share with you the word for Triumph Church. And this is for us as a church. This is for every department. This is for every family. This is for every person. This is the word that God's placed in my spirit for our year. And, uh, and I, I believe it's going to be a challenge to all of us. Exodus chapter 23, verse 20. If you're there, say amen. All right. See... I am sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey and lead you safely to the place I have prepared for you. I want you to go back to verse 21 and I want you to notice a couple of words here. I'm sorry, verse 20, guys. I want you to notice a couple of words here. God has a place already prepared for you. What's he referring to here? He's referring to the promised land. He's, ter- he's referring to the fulfillment of everything that they had hoped for and dreamed for, thought about, planned as they were slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. He said, I have everything I promised you, everything you thought it would be, and more. I have it all ready prepared for you. Here's the problem. We can't see it. Oftentimes we get so busy going through life and the, and the things in our life are beating us down that God is trying to do something for us. But we've been running into closed doors, as Pastor Darren talked about uh, a few weeks ago. And we've been running into obstacles and that we've been running into things around us that we keep hitting walls. And we say, God, how am I supposed to see when I can't see because all that's in front of me and all that's happened to me? But God is calling us to step out by faith. It's a faith walk. It's a faith journey. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. So somehow we're walking by faith and we can see what we really can't see because we're seeing it with our spirit, what God is saying. But God has a place already prepared for you. And he wants to lead you there. Not only does he want to lead you there, he is sending his angel to take you. Do you know? That God is dispatching angels to help you in your life. Even when you think you're alone, you are not alone. God has angels around you and on the sides of you. They're working for you. Why? Because God said, where I'm taking you, there's some dangers along the way. And you're going to need some backup. You're going to need some support. I want to encourage you this morning. God has a place for you. It's already prepared. Can you see it? Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that you're going to speak to us. You're going to open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to hear from you and to be challenged by the power of your word. Show us what you have for us and take us there in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to give you very quickly four instructions for getting to the place that God has for us, and then I'll share you the, with you the word. We're just going to walk through this, these verses in Exodus chapter 23. So we'll start in verse 21. We'll get the first instruction. God says, I'm sending an angel before you, but here's the instructions. Pay close attention to him. First instruction from God is this. Pay close attention. If you're following God, you ought to pay close attention. This, this, uh, during the fall and winter, uh, most of you know that I I love to deer hunt. And so my son and I are, are deer hunting. Sometimes I have my nephews with me. And it's amazing, you know, you're walking through the woods and when it is pitch black outside 
if they're not paying close attention to where I'm walking, they'll walk off, walk into a cactus, walk into a tree, walk into a fence. They'll be lost before you know it. And I'm turning around going, what's wrong with you? I can't tell you how many times we are walking quietly and we're learning. If you, uh, if you, you guys are hunters in here, you're teaching your kids how to walk through the woods, right? So you got to walk softly through the woods. I'm not trying to scare off every deer in the country. And all of a sudden, one of them will scream, what happened? I walked into a cactus. The instructions were, Randy Clark, walk directly behind me. Pay close attention to where I'm going because what I know is there are obstacles everywhere and you're going to get hurt if you don't pay close attention. How many times in our life have we just not paid close enough attention to what God was saying? God was involved in our life. We were worshiping God, but we really weren't listening to what he was saying. We were listening in a little, but not fully. We weren't really paying attention. Uh, on one of our trips right before Thanksgiving... We go, and, and so I had me and my dad and my son and my two nephews. And uh, so we get to the deer camp. We get everything unloaded. I've been driving all morning. We're about to go deer hunting. I just I sit on the, on the chair for just a minute to, t to relax, and I'm talking with dad. And all of a sudden, my, my youngest nephew opens the door, swings open the door. Uncle Randon. I'm not going to tell you which brother. But his brother ran into your truck with a four-wheeler. No, he didn't. Oh, yes, he did, Uncle Randon. No, he did not do that. Oh, yes, he ran into your truck. So I go out there. And before I ever see the truck, the excuses start. Right? You, ever, you, you, you have kids, you know. I mean, it's just a lot of talk, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Take a deep breath. Just tell me what happened. Well, the story was... One was on a four-wheeler, and one was on the other four-wheeler, and they decided to move them. And so the one driving that hit my truck was watching the other guy rather than watching where he was going. Consequently, there's this massive white truck in his way that he did not see, and he smoked it right in the side. Why? Because he was paying attention to the wrong thing, not paying attention to where he was going. Now, I was briefly angry, and then the Lord convicted me. Briefly, might have been a couple of minutes, but um, <laughs> the, the Lord convicted me and reminded me of how many times I had wrecked things of my father's and drove my uncle's three-wheeler off in the canal one time, and I decided that I couldn't be too mad at my nephew, so I gave him a big hug and, uh, and some candy, and all is well, except for the dent in my truck, but all is well. And, um, but here was the point. He's, he, he was paying attention to someone else rather than where he was going. If you want to follow God, you have to pay attention to where God is going. This is the first step. Say, pay attention. Pay close attention. Number two, and we keep reading in verse 21. We keep reading in verse 21. He says, he says this, um, uh, and obey his instructions. Obey his instructions. The, the second inst uh, thing that God wants us to do is to fully obey him. It's one thing to pay close attention. It's another thing to know what you're supposed to do and just not do it. Now, I know if you, all of you are, are perfect Christians. You were perfect kids. You were perfect teenagers. And you never did this. You never were told to do something, knew it was the right thing, and did what you wanted to anyway. You never did that. So I'm not really talking to you. I'm talking to you for a friend, okay? 
But here's the thing. When we're following God, we have to obey God. Why is it so important? Now, I, I love what, what the scripture goes on to say. Do not rebel against him, for he is my representative, and he will not forgive your rebellion. Now, in the Old Testament, all of the blessings and curses from God, if either his blessings or when, and when he released curses, they were solely dependent upon obedience and disobedience. Right? You can study this in Deuteronomy chapter 28. It's all based on obedience and disobedience. Now, under the New Testament, it's not the same rules. But here's the thing. When you disobey, you may not have a curse on your life, but how many of you know there are consequences that are built in to disobedience? So we can talk about the blessings of God all we want to. And we can say how God's going to open up the windows of heaven over our life and pour out blessings. Yes, but when we are disobedient, we don't blame God when there are consequences that are, that are inevitable because of the disobedience of our life. We're saying, God, I thought you didn't curse me anymore. And like, I didn't, but there's a reason I put the law into effect because things happen when you disobey the laws of God. They just do. Um, they're inevitable. But notice what he says here, for he is my representative. If you read this in the English Standard Version, he actually says, for my name is in him. My name is in him. This is very interesting here. It's something that Bible scholars talk about quite a bit and they debate about quite a bit. But there's a couple things we see. First of all, we know a couple of the names of the angels. I'll give you two that you probably know. One was the angel Gabriel. You remember that from the Christmas story? And the other is the angel Michael, the archangel Michael. Now, I want to show you something. I'm going to put those names on the screen for you for just a second. Notice how it's Gabriel and then L, the last part E-L. In the Hebrew, the actual name for God, though he has several names, but the original name from God is the name El or Elohim. So when the angel is walking out and doing the will of God, here's what God says, my name is in him, and he literally put it in the name of Gabriel or Michael. Now here's what's interesting, and, and we see angels throughout scripture, but we never see angels having as much power and authority in decision making as they do than in Exodus chapter 23. There's something different. And I don't have time to take you through a, a whole uh, exposition on angels, but I just, you got to understand there's more on this scripture. There's something different. So we don't know the name of the angel, but we do know that this angel seems to have more power and more authority than either of the two angels that we do know of, which we know were high ranking angels in the kingdom of God. So when scholars talk about this and they break it down, what is happening and the authority that this angel carried, they've arrived, most of them, at this one conclusion. I want to show you another name in Hebrew. Uh, this is the name right here, Yahshua. Yahshua. The first part uh, is Yah, which is from the Hebrew word Yahweh or Yahovah. All right. So one more time in this name is the name of God embedded in the Hebrew name. This happens to be in the Hebrew name of a man. The name of that man, Yahshua, is Jesus. In the very name of Jesus, God put his name right there. 
Now, we don't see it when we read it as Jesus in our English, but if you read it in the Hebrew, you would have known the name of God was right there in Jesus. Are y'all okay? Y'all interested in this? Just a little bit of history for you. So here's what scholars have recognized. They believe that in Exodus chapter 3, this is not just any angel, but God is specifically saying that the Son of God, Jesus making an appearance in the Old Testament was leading the Israelites into the promised land. Now, I'm not smart enough, I'm not not intelligent enough to guarantee this, but here's what they tell us. That the same way that Jesus led and made a way and took care of the enemies in the future, in the path of the Israelites leaving Egypt, in the same way, God is already working to create a future and a life and a plan for you. Uh, And Jesus is already going ahead of you, and he's done the work. When he went to the cross, he defeated the enemy. He's already done it in your life. But the question is, will you fully obey him? Will you fully obey him? Number three, uh, we read this in Exodus 23 and 23. 23 and 23, for my angel will go before you. Everybody say before you. So number three is this. You got to let God lead. You got to let God lead. This is not for people that are living in rebellion. So now we're getting to a place that people really want to do what God's saying. They really want to obey God. Uh, I I coach uh, baseball and softball. I love it. It's one of the great joys of my life. Got a little guy on my baseball team. Great kid. Uh, This kid's wound up. He's a good kid. He wants to please. He wants to do exactly what you tell him to do. The problem with this young guy is not that he has a bad heart, not that he gets in trouble because he never gets in trouble. The problem with him is he does not let you finish your instructions. So the moment he decides he thinks he knows what you're going to tell him to do, the little guy is gone. And I'm standing there, and he's off running around doing what he thinks you want him to do, and I'm just standing there looking at him. And the whole team is just looking at him. And he turns around and he's like, what? I'm like, that's not what we're doing. Now, here's the thing about this guy. His motives are correct. His heart is to please. His heart is to do exactly what I want him to do. His heart is is to be the the leader on the team and exactly what his coach wants to do. I'm going to lead my team in doing it. The problem is he didn't let me lead. And so he ends up doing the wrong thing. There are believers that are just like that. We think we know what God is saying, and we take off, and we get out of the timing of God. And this is is horrible. You're going to see a little bit into my soul, and and Lord, forgive me. But um, in our cafe, in both campuses, we have uh, the the glass room in there with the glass doors. And uh, it's not so bad now. I haven't heard of this happening lately, but... Uh, when we first put those glass doors in, it was amazing how often we would be in a meeting or something, and after the meeting, somebody would take off to get out of the room, but the doors weren't open yet. When they faceplant into the glass wall to the point that you can recognize their face by the mark on the, like who it is by the mark. It's like the, the, the shroud of Torin where, where they think was on Jesus' face when he resurrected. It's like the same thing, like you can see their portrait in the glass, like you smoked it. I mean, you're just like, bam, I mean, it's just rattling. I know it's horrible. I don't mean to laugh. 
but I need you to pray for me. Uh, 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 so w- what I'm doing now is I try to help people up, make sure they're okay, and then laugh. Like, I want to make sure okay first, and then, then we'll laugh. But we're laughing together, I think. Um, uh, but what's the point? Where you're going is the right way, but the door hasn't opened yet. But if those, the, that person, and I specifically think of one in this campus that just... If he had let us lead and open the doors, he would have gone through, everyone else would have followed, it would have been great. But because he didn't let us lead, read it, Rikita, have you done that? Are you laughing because you've been the one? No? (laughs) You know it is? Okay. Uh, Because he didn't let us lead and open the door, he face planted in front of everybody. I can tell you, in my life, as a leader, I have heard a word from God taken off running, ran right into a door, got up confused to saying, I thought that's where I was supposed to go. And God's saying, it is. I just haven't opened the door yet. Are you letting God lead in your life? You see, there's where we're going, there's what we're doing, and then there's when we're doing it. All right. You can do the right thing, but at the wrong time and still end up running to a, into a wall in your life. Timing is key. Timing is key. Number four, and we're going to go back to our scripture now. Uh, So number three is let God lead. What are we doing? Technology, here we go. Verse 24, verse 24. You must not worship the gods of these nations or serve them in any way or imitate their evil practices. Instead, you must utterly destroy them and smash their sacred pillars. God knows something here about man and about people and about the Israelites that they didn't know about themselves. You see, in the promised land, there were people living there. Amorites, Hittites, Hivites, all these ites. They were all living there, all these enemies. And they had set up their own idols, their own temples, their own altars to worship their gods. And here's a principle that God knew. God understood that any idol you let hang around, you will end up worshiping. So God didn't just say, hey, don't go worship their idols. Now, they're going to be there, but don't, just don't mess with them. Just ignore them. No, no. God said, eliminate them. Tear them down. Destroy them. Because if you don't get them out of your life, you'll end up worshiping them. This is the same thing if you're trying to get where God wants you to go in your life, and you want to get to to living in the full promises that God has for your life and everything you've dreamt of, you have to get rid of all idols. You cannot let them stay. Anything that is pulling your worship away from God becomes an idol, and if you let it stay, you'll end up worshiping it. Even you say, well, I've got my eyes totally focused on Jesus. Yes, but if you leave it there, your eyes will turn back to it. It's what got the Israelites, this instruction got the Israelites in more trouble than any other instruction. They turned away and started started following the gods of their enemy. That's why you hear the stories about the prophets of Baal and others. Why? Because they did not eliminate all of the idols in the land. And whatever they left, they ended up worshiping. So what's our four steps? Our four steps are this. Number one, Pay close close attention. Number two, fully obey him. Number three, let God lead. 
If you don't let life, if, if you will let God lead, he will destroy the enemies in your past path. But if you get ahead of him, you will be fighting battles that you were never meant to fight. That's number three. Number four is eliminate all idols. Here's the good news. If you do, if you'll get rid of the idols, here's what he says will happen in verse 25. He said, uh, must serve the Lord your, your God only. If you do, I'll bless you with food and water, meaning I'll take care of all your needs. Number two, I will protect you from illness. I'll take care of your health, right? Number three, verse, uh, keep going, verse 26 for me. Did I not put it on there? Uh, there will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land. Understand when God's talking about this, he's talking about blessings and he's talking about future. Children were a blessing from God. The lack of felt like a punishment or a curse from God. When you had children, you had a future. If you had no children, you had no future. Your name would end on the earth. So when he talks about miscarriages and infertility, he's talking about, I have a plan for your future, a plan to prosper you and not to harm you, right? God's got plans for you. And number five, he said, um, or number four, he said, and I will give you long, full lives. If we can do these things, he has a long, full life for you. God has a place prepared for you. Now let's read in verse 27. I will send my terror ahead of you and create panic among all the people whose lands you will invade. I will make all of your enemies turn and run. These are the things God's going to do. What we have to understand is God has a place prepared, prepared for you, but there are enemies living in your land right now. Somebody else has what God has set aside for you. Somebody else has it. The job that God wants to give you, someone else has right now. The people that were living in the lands, it was their worshiping of other gods that got them in trouble. It's why God took it for them and gave it to the Israelites because they worshiped the other God. It's also why later on when, God, when the Israelites quit worshiping God that he took it from them and gave it to someone else. He said, I'm going to make all your enemies turn and run. I will send terror. And this word terror right here um, in verse 28, I, I will send terror ahead of you to drive out the Hivites, Canaanites, and Hittites. The word terror there also translates to hornets. God literally said, I'm going to send hornets to run the people out. Over the, while we were working on the hurricane, I'll tell you this one last story and, and, and then we'll close this morning. But we, we were, uh, uh, myself and our youth pastor, Pastor Albert in Nederland, we went, uh, and one of our interns, we went down to bring some drying equipment to a pastor's house down in, in Port Arthur. And so we're going to help this pastor dry his house out and um, try to get him on the right track. So when we set up the equipment, we end up blowing some breakers. So Pastor and Albert and I go around, and we're going around the back of the house to, <laughs> we're going to go try to flip the breakers. I've got to go try to find the breaker box. And as I come down the side of the house, this massive, I'm telling you, he had to be this tall, and I'm not exaggerating too much, but he's this huge um, German shepherd. He comes barking and leaps at me. And, and I see him, and he is coming at me, and I'm like, this is it. I turn and run. Pastor Albert's coming around the other side of the house at the, at the time, and he sees the whole th thing. Now, why the dog saw me first, I don't know. But I turn and run, and I'm like, no! And I'm running, and the dog, like, leaps. And this is Pastor Albert's word, like, it's in the air. And it's, like, two feet from me, and all of a sudden, the chain catches, and dog, Arr! and I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. 
But this dog was not done. I mean, he is like, and he is like coming. And I'm standing here at the corner of the house, and I'm like, uh, and the lady's like, Bruce, his name is Bruce Willis. <laughs> She's like, calm down, Bruce. She's like, he's nice. He's not going to hurt you. And I'm like, liar. <laughs> I mean, teeth gnarled. I, I mean, I, I, you know, pa- Pastor Albert goes all the way back around the front of the house. He wasn't going to walk through the backyard. And I'm like, so now there's this massive rose bush, right? I can't get through it. I can't go around it because the dog will eat me. I can't have that. And, and the rose bush is almost up next to the, to the house, and I can see the breaker box. So I'm easing through the rose bush, you know, uh, trying, to, trying to get skinny all of a sudden, you know. And I, and I get there, and this dog is just like jumping. Hey, Pastor Albert, he ain't coming around this side of the house. No, sir. He is standing there going, oh, you're okay? The dog's like this far from me. And, and I mean, he's just like, Rrr. and she's like, Bruce, calm down. I'm like, can you get a hold of the dog, please? I'm, I'm here to help you, and uh, I'm about to nod. So, so now I want you to understand there's a porch to my left. There's a dog that's trying to get me on the back. And to my right, there is uh, this massive thorn bush. So I can't really, you know, if I've got to take a quick exit, I've got nowhere to go. I open the breaker box. And it is completely full of red wasps. They come swarming out. They are dive bombing me. And I'm like, ah, I can't go anywhere. They're just like hit me in the head and the ears. And I am screaming. I can't go anywhere. Pastor Albert, he is dying laughing. But I can't get mad at him because I laughed at the guy when he ran in front of the, into the door. So I can't be mad. I'm screaming. And I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> He's like, I'm like, I can't. I'm like, I literally can't go anywhere. And the other, and the lady standing there, Bruce, just leave him alone, Bruce. <laughs> so finally, I'm like, I'm out of here. That's it. I'm not staying. The hornets put me over the top. And so I do the little thing all the way down the wall, and I get out. <laughs> That's a true story, man. I, I'm telling you. When I read this scripture over the holidays, I thought about that moment, about how these little bitty red wasps drove me out. I didn't care. I don't even want to stay. You can have it. You figure it out. They're in the machines. You figure out how to run it. I don't care. I'm out. God said, I'm going to send hornets to pester your enemies until they just won't even stay. The people that are, that are in your way, that are, that, are, that are standing where you're supposed to be, that are doing what you're supposed to do, that are living in the house that you've been praying for, that are holding the job that you've been asking God for, that, that are dating the man you've been believing God for, whatever it is, there are people standing in your way and God is going to drive them nuts. And here's what he says, I'm going to use everything natural and I'm going to use everything supernatural to do my will in your life. If you'll do your part, I'll do my part. Somebody's got to get out of your promised land. They've got to go. Can I get an amen this morning? One problem, one problem. God's going to do everything natural and supernatural to get you where he promised you'd take you. But, verse 29 and 30, I will not drive them out in a single year. Because the land would become desolate and the wild animals would multiply and threaten you. I will drive them out little, a little at a time until your population has increased enough to take possession of the land. When I read this verse, it came alive to me and I realized this. God has a promised land ready for us, but we don't have it yet because we aren't ready for it. We have to grow. God said, I can't give you what I've promised you all at once because you can't handle it. 
So it's not until you grow. It's not until you increase. It's not until you're ready for it. Why? God says, I've got to leave the enemies there. You've been wondering why the enemies haven't gone. It's because you haven't grown enough for God to kick them out yet. The word for 2018 is grow. Grow. The word for Triumph Church, the word for our lives and families and ministries and departments and leaders and everyone at every level is this. Grow. If you want God to take you to where he's promised you to, you're not going to get there on your own. You've got to grow there so God can drive out your enemies. It was better for the land if he left the enemies there. It was better for the land because the enemy was still farming the land. The enemy was still growing the grapes. And God had already promised that he would give, us, give them uh, houses that they didn't build. Somebody had to build the house. He'd give them uh, crops that they didn't plant. Somebody had to cr- plant the crops. So God said, I'm going to leave them there until you're big enough to handle the land. If not, it's going to become desolate. Wild animals will take over, and you won't be able to maintain what I've given you. God isn't mad at you and I. He's protecting us. So he said, I'm going to leave it here until you're ready. The word for 2018 is grow. Can you grow in your life? You see, grow is an action. Grow is a decision. Grow is a commitment. The weeds, the negative things, the easy things, they spring up. But if you want to grow a garden, if you want to grow a crop, it takes intentionality. It takes wisdom. It takes commitment. We're going to grow as a church this year. Grow in our relationship with God. Grow in our discipleship this year. Grow in uh, our relationships with our family. Grow in our relationship with our friend, our employees, our bosses, whatever it might be. Grow in our finances. I believe we need to grow in courage this year. Grow in our courage this year to step out uh, and, and take a leap of faith. Some of you need to be life team hosts this year, and you've been scared to do it. You've been not sure, but God said, take a step of faith and and get out there and and, and get some courage about you. Well, Pastor Randall, what if people don't come? So I had one person come to my life team, and he didn't like it so much he moved to Canada. (laughs) It's not true, but he did move to Canada. So what? Step out, have some courage. Join a life team, start a life team, host a life team. We're going to grow in our commitment this year, and I want to encourage you to grow in your leadership this year. I'm, uh, God's really been dealing with me over the holidays, and so I'm going to be hosting a four-week leadership training. It's going to begin Wednesday night, January 24th, and I want to invite you to be a part of it. It's called Influence, nothing more, nothing less. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, influence is the measure of leadership. That's what John Maxwell said. Nothing more, nothing less. And I want to encourage you to grow in your influence as a leader this year. Be every Wednesday night. Not going to cost you anything, but I want you to, if you want to grow as a leader, we say, Pastor Ryan, I'm not really a leader. Yes, you are, and yes, you should be. You lead in your home. You can lead everywhere you go. Be a leader this year. Grow in your leadership. Might be in the church, might be in your job, might be in your home, might be in your family. It could be anything. Grow in your leadership. So I'll be teaching you principles uh, in leadership that, that I've learned and, and learned from other people. Get to use, utilize some of that uh, leadership major I went to school and learned all about. And, and uh, so I want you just to pray about joining us. You can sign up in the lobby uh, at, in the foyer at the connection desk. It'll be Wednesday night starting January 24th. It's called Influence. Uh, it'll be, we'll, we'll hold it at a, a hotel down the road. So I'm closing this morning, but I want to pray this word over your life. I want to pray this word over your life. Pray it over our churches. And um, I want you to pray with me. God, 
would help us to grow this year, that we would be committed to doing our part, that God would drive out the enemies that are in front of us. Are you ready to pray? Father, I thank you that you have spoken this word over Triumph Church, over every family, over every leader, over every individual, over every person, God, that this is the year that we grow. Lord, I pray that this word would sink deep into our hearts, that growth wouldn't just be something that happens this year, but Father, we'll be committed to it. We'll be focused on it. We're going to do our part knowing that as we grow, you're going to drive out the enemies. We don't even have to fight the battles. We just have to grow. And you'll, you'll drive the enemies out before us. Father, I thank you that you are using every means necessary, both natural and supernatural, to take us to the place that you promised us you would go, to cause us to be the people you promised that we would be, to live out the dreams and the hopes and the plans that you have placed in our heart. Lord, I thank you that this is our year and growth is happening in every one of our lives, every area of our lives. I speak it now. Lord, for those that have not seen their promise, Lord, would you open our eyes and allow us to see the place that you've already prepared for us to go. I thank you for it right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.